This fellow Ronaldo is a cod. Arsene Wenger has been in Japan for a year. He doesn't know anything about English football. I will love it if we beat them. This is football heritage. Con Giovanni, yeah, incredible. Dribble, 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 dribble. If you don't know the answer to that question, then I think you're, you, you, are, you are an ostrich. Well, as you all know, football across the globe has been suspended until April, but unofficially suspended indefinitely. We don't know when we'll see a ball kicked in most countries again, and we don't really know what will happen next. Well, obviously this is a pandemic that impacts us all in our daily lives, and is far bigger than football, this is still a football podcast. Hello and welcome to the Total Football Podcast. I'm your host, Declan Hart, and joining me is Andrew Conway. Hello, Declan. Andrew, how are you coping with social distancing? Well, I've been isolated in the same room for roughly three days now. Um, I have nothing of note to report. I took a nap on Saturday afternoon because I couldn't figure out what else to do with myself. How was the nap? Eh, it was uh, discombobulating at best, I must say. It didn't feel yeah, great. Yeah, naps can be like that. Sometimes you just sometimes you are just tired enough that you need to just fall asleep, but then you wake up and it's like 7 o'clock and you're like, where am I? What am I doing? And what yeah. time is it? Yeah, I wasn't even that tired, you know. It was just kind of, I had nothing else to do, nothing to keep me busy. I had exhausted my avenues of kind of being productive for the day. I had nothing really to distract me. I couldn't go outside. I couldn't go anywhere where people were. It was just kind of very isolating, if you excuse me. Yeah, because you do live in in the city, so it is, there would be more people around usually. So that bit more eerie that everyone isn't around, I guess. Oh, exactly, exactly. Because uh, I did go for a walk yesterday, which I I don't know what the what the parameters are about that, but no one was around in in my uh, country town that I live in. No one was really. There are a few cars around. Uh, uh, a bunch of cyclists went past me at one point. Yeah, was... like cyclists in groups. I'm not sure if that's the best idea in the world. Single cyclists, single walkers, single car users. I think they're all okay, but. So when you start getting groups of people, when they start touching things, when they start breathing on things, that's when um, you can kind of be a bit more, you know. Yeah, because like there's, there were a few times where like I would walk past one person and we'd both like it was like there was a force field around us and we just it was like we were just at a roundabout or something and we'd we'd walk around each other. Yeah. It was quite strange. That invisible, uh, that invisible what is the social distancing that you're employing the one to two meter range as recommended yeah. by the World Health Organization. Yeah, it's it's it, got it, a bit crazy. It is. It's been it's been a truly weird start to 2020. Although I don't know, we're still in March, but just in general, it's been a weird year so far. Yeah, and it's just <laughs> and getting it, stranger. Yeah, we're only really just getting started with this thing as well. Like, mm. as you said, it's only three days so far. Three days might sound like a lot at first, but when you think about it, it could be two, three months of this. Whew. Yeah. But I suppose we should uh, crack on and wonder what we're going to do with football. Well, not us specifically. We're not in charge, unfortunately. But uh, we have to need to kind of see where football goes from here because, you know, the last time the Premier League has seen a suspension this uh, long and drastic has been because of the last world war which was the 40s so it's been quite a while it wasn't the premier league then of course sky hadn't invented football yet yes it was the old division one i who was winning the league at that point was it uh... i think it was blackpool after three games were leading the title or were leading the table uh, and when then germany invented poland and that was the end of that 
It's like, right, lads, let's uh, trade the boots for weaponry here. Yeah, or the football boots or other kinds of boots. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I did actually see some people comparing uh, the Blackpool uh, as a precedent of like, oh, well, Blackpool didn't win the league, so Liverpool can't win the league. And it's like, well, it was three games into the season. It was a one-point gap or something like that. It's, it's more really in- different. Yeah, it's more interesting. Who who was ahead in 19... Because I think they finished the 1914 season the 13-14 season and they definitely had started the 14-15 season I would, if you can go quickly there because I, I suppose we're, we're not uh, sapped for time <laughs> this week we don't have a huge amount of stories to talk about uh, who who was ahead in the 1914-15 season when it was abandoned because that would probably be much more of a telling precedent for now um, while you do that the, the only other interesting thing I, I might bring to attention is that despite the premier league say stopping in world war ii the last time that we had such a prolonged absence of football at this time of the year the other leagues in the world actually some of them kept going through that time the south american leagues kept going the the american baseball the the major league baseball as it was the biggest sport in the world at the time uh or at least uh, had the greatest number of spectators uh kept going through the war although you know mostly with kids and with kind of old timers and if anyone remembers tom hanks who's in the news at the moment he made that uh film about the the female baseball players you know there's no crying in baseball he made that joke this week uh as well (laughs) poor tom Uh, hanks yeah tom hanks you never like i saw there's been it's been a week of great tweets the the tweet i saw you know 2020 has changed never would i have thought that i would have heard that tom hanks anyone that's been in contact with tom hanks is urged to contact their physician and uh request an immediate test uh for COVID 19 and to self-isolate immediately that was and a there's weird a, there's a clip as well from the simpsons movie have you seen that going around Oh, I'm Tom Hanks. Please leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, I'm Tom Hanks, and if you see me, please leave me be. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a good like uh, Simpsons uh, predict world future events once again. <laughs> yeah, there's some other like The Last Man on Earth. If you ever saw that sitcom with Will Forte and um, Oh yeah, I've seen Jones and Kirsten Shell, the the virus that wiped out every man on Earth started in 2020. Oh, and great. Then, yeah, so, uh, you know, various different... Um, that goes back to the Australian bushfires as well. <laughs> yeah, it all kind of um, accelerated at, at some speed. Uh, there's a lot of people out of work now. There's a lot of people not able to work now. There's a lot of kids uh, being let off school. You know, in some regards, if you were a 10-year-old kid and had a video game console or something like that, at the moment, this could be the greatest time of your life because you don't have to go to school, you're not expected to do anything, you don't have to go outside, and you can just, you know, get, play games all day. And in a lot of other ways, there's a lot of older people in the world who maybe not can play games all day but can watch videos of, of old football matches, which is certainly one aspect uh, I've seen permeate the internet this week of a lot of people looking for outlets for their lack of live football and live sport someone uh, i think it was on reddit on or soccer actually posted uh top 100 things you can watch now that there's oh. no football on that uh, is quite helpful with links to uh ways to access the various things so uh, I, I didn't i only kind of parse through it there but it looked pretty good i i don't know did it even include the kind of those world cup documentaries that were made and obviously premier league gears will be on a few sky sports i'm sure that's all they're showing on sky sports premier league at the moment well espn uh, so were putting on uh sports movies i noticed that over 30 the weekend. 30, yeah um well, we should actually just have a quick 
glance at that if you if you would. Uh, do you have a link to that? Uh, uh, can, it, it was one of the top posts on or, or soccer there um, last time I checked. I can, I also have the nineteen fourteen uh, or nineteen fourteen nineteen fifteen first division league title uh, league table in front of me. Yes. There were twenty teams in the division at the time. Uh, Sheffield United won the FA Cup and Everton won the league title because they actually finished that league campaign uh, to to thirty eight games. They beat Oldham Athletic by a point uh, on that season. So interesting that they actually got that one finished uh, as opposed to in the thirties, late thirties, when they're like just abandoned this immediately. Let's go to war. Yeah, well, um, I think it, it it aligned with conscription, the First World War. So before then, there wasn't a. It became untenable, really, to to run that. Um, that well, that as well led to uh, was it wasn't it around then Tottenham Hotspur were the team relegated that year, and wasn't it a case where Arsenal actually got themselves promoted when the first division resumed, having not actually been in the promoted slots. Uh, that time at the time in the second division, and they've never been relegated since. Uh, I think that's that's the story there as well. So Arsenal managed to to kind of cheat their way up, and they've been been there ever since. Yeah, basically, they've, could, they've could managed we see to something that. similar again? I don't know. At that point, it was at the uh, oh, there it was at the expense of Spurs, and I, I it, this time would be who would be the expense of uh, Leicester City? I don't know. Will the rivalry grow to that level? Uh, it, to be fair, at least Tottenham were were relegated fairly at the time. Uh, it, w- it would be more like if um, I suppose it, w- it would be a bit like if Nottingham Forest went up at the expense of uh, West Ham or something, or if Millwall went up at the expense of West Ham. You know that that would be a good example because they're kind of not they're in the playoffs at the moment. I think they're just around the playoffs, but they wouldn't get promoted in in the event of a league being uh, forfeited or uh, rendered null and void. But West Ham might get relegated. <laughs> Poor West Ham. Uh, yeah, yeah, because like that is that's kind of the first big question that kind of clouds over everything at the moment is what happens with the domestic leagues. Um, and of of course it was Karen Brady who came out on uh, on her weekly column in the Sun uh, on Sunday, I think it was, saying you know sorry Liverpool, but we just have to render the league null and void. Uh, very much with everyone going well actually you're just above the relegation places so it seems like there's an ulterior motive here perhaps perhaps uh, so obviously there's a that that is a big question as to what happens because obviously the euros is scheduled for the summer still at the moment though it's expected that that will be postponed uh somehow they will have to find a way to play that at a later date it seems so it, it looks like there'll be a bit of leeway there because they'll have the the month of may and the month of june to kind of crack on if we ever get back to playing this summer you know it's it's quite a strange it's, it's a strange thing to say but like a strange thing to say but it does look like uh this thing hasn't even peaked yet that um you know, some people believe some people uh, who know a lot more about this than we do believe that this uh, could get worse up until May when it will peak, and then kind of we won't and we won't really be able to think about playing football until then, which is bizarre. You know, we're just going to be stuck inside for all of April and the rest of March. Yeah. Uh, it's- so it's 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 a lot to cram in then all of a sudden because it does appear that June thirtieth could be a cutoff point for everything to be finished. So it's. 
it's a lot of time there. Or it's not a lot of time there, I should say, for them to get those those remaining ten league fixtures. I think it is done. Well, that's the minimum. That's that's just the Premier League. I'm, like, if we take precedent from the rest of Europe, Italy have already confirmed that the the original April deadline is unrealistic, and they've just basically pushed that out to May. As in, there will be no football at least until May, which I imagine the rest of the leagues will follow through or follow suit with because um, I don't see it stabilising anywhere else before it stabilises in Italy considering they were the first and the worst hit in Europe so far um, that would effectively I think render Serie A null and void this season I don't see how they could get enough matches left you know enough matches done if June 30th is the hard deadline if they decide to extend it out and have a summer kind of season this year and, and basically cut short like obviously I I think it's we're we're only awaiting confirmation at this point, but the Euros are going to be cancelled. Copa America is likely to be cancelled. We could move those tournaments into into a January window to align with AFCON this time around at the very least. If and then prepare I think it would sow the ground for the Qatar World Cup, which might benefit FIFA in the longer run. So I, I can see that being a realistic prospect at this point. Um but the the longer this goes on the longer i think or the more clear it becomes that the season might actually have to be voided in, in, in at least partially like what what you're saying about you know west ham is very true and about the the, the kind of opportunism that's that's a, come along with that but with that there's also you know there's real concerns to be had it's like what what does anybody do about this there doesn't seem to be an easy way out you know for the teams in the middle say the the teams that this doesn't hugely affect one way or the other the the, the even the the super clubs the manchester united's of this world the the arsenals the spurs the burnleys the wolves like they're not hugely impacted by at the season being null and voided but it does impact those teams at the bottom of the premier league and they get a, basically a save for another year it does it psychologically destroy liverpool football club and basically ensure that they never win a league title because you know as that they're on the cusp of winning one for the first time in 30 years it is snatched away from them by a global pandemic which you know i don't think anyone could have put that on a could have guessed that before the beginning of the season or even to two months ago that this would happen to liverpool's season it all fell apart in the space of a week it's it's crazy the the match they played against atletico which we haven't even talked about where they should have won didn't win and were soundly beaten in the end probably should never have happened it certainly shouldn't have happened in front of a crowd and it did both in both cases so it is very strange to to kind of predict where this will go next because we have no basis for for following this like going back to the wars they they clear reasons for finishing they were the war the wars were ending you know uh but or the wars were starting rather that that was enough of a, a cause to end the thing but now we have uh we have no end in sight we have no basis for kind of figuring out what's going to happen uh I, like i i i'm at a loss to, to 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 if i was in liverpool's shoes right now i'd be quite uh concerned about the record breaking season being ended 10 games short there is a cause like what what do you think would happen do you think that there's been a few proposals thrown out there one of them was they'd have a 22 team was it was a 22 or yeah 22 team premier league with leeds united and west brom being promoted and no one getting relegated and then four teams being relegated next season and then another four teams being relegated the following season that reverts back to three team league do you think do you see any merit in that 
Yeah, like it is quite interesting. Like obviously the June thirtieth deadline is just because of player contracts, and I think if it wasn't for that June thirtieth deadline, I think they would or they're gonna to need to figure out something with player contracts and loan deals, of course. Yeah. Uh, to figure things out and, and any pre-contract agreements that were signed with players running out of their deal and already signed to a new club, I think they need to solve that and they need to just try to get this season done. Uh, like uh, it seems. It just seemed to to render the season null and void just kind of renders the whole competition kind of pointless. Like if if it can just be at the drop of a hat or at the sign first sign of a pandemic, we just decide let's no cancel the whole thing. And yeah, it but it's not the first sign of a pandemic. It's, it's not. Like, it's obviously like it's it a serious, bad. very very serious issue. Obviously, uh, you know, it was very unforeseen circumstances and it's gotten very bad at the moment. And, you know, as, as we open the show, we are isolating ourselves from society at the moment. Mm. But I just think that even though th- there is no end in sight, while we still have to believe that an end in sight can arise quickly, uh, like when I say quickly, I mean in the next few months, uh, you know, it won't be like this for a year or two or whatever. So I think, you know... I I know some people are concerned about it affecting next season and we need to just wipe the slate clean and getting in, into next season but I think it this will have a knock on effect of not just the, obviously this season but I think it will affect next season the season after like we could be feeling this in, in just football terms for quite a while and it might be until after the Qatar World Cup that uh, we really kind of align things back to the way they were because like the Qatar World Cup was going to throw everything out of sorts anyway so now like we could as you say like i actually kind of like the idea of of us having a euros in in january and we see that as the cutoff point of can we get the seasons done before then and then start the season again in march this time next year like that that would be strange i know but a march to december season then until qatar and then kind of gradually align ourselves back to the summer like i i think if you wanted to come up with a a short-term solution that doesn't doesn't really make anyone happy then yeah promote leads in in west brom uh but like there's still legal issues to go on there there's still the champions league places and the, the europa league places that need to be resolved uh i think it would be very very harsh on sheffield united if it was if they were just told yeah you're not going to the champions league next season even though you played a game fewer and if you win that game in hand you would have gone into a champions league place uh, obviously, as well, there's the whole thing with Manchester City and their their court case at the Court of Arbitration of Sport as to whether they'll be banned from the Champions League for the next two seasons, or European competition in general, I should say, uh, which obviously impacts what happens next season going forward. You know, that's that's still to be resolved because currently fifth place is a Champions League spot, and Manchester United currently sit in fifth place, but Sheffield United have that game in hand against I think it's Aston Villa. Uh, and if they won that, you know, like the the difference between qualifying for like a qualifying place in the Europa League and qualifying for the Champions League proper is huge for a club like Sheffield United. And I think for the season to just be called there and then the way it is would be so harsh on them, like the work they put in this season. Like obviously we don't know that they would have won that game in hand or that they would go on over the next 10 games and qualify for the Champions League. But just the, the way it sits now just looks so unfair like obviously with Liverpool you have to say oh yeah it's a bit harsh and obviously there are those out there that will laugh at the fact that they won't win a league title but at least there's a merit there to just awarding it to them and just saying okay there you go you have that lead like there's some merit to it um, if we were to 
just kind of have the table sit as it is and just have the two no one get get relegated because of the legal troubles there so they like obviously it's still early days like it's it's only one weekend we've missed so far there will be many more weekends to come many more months of this to come as we figure this all out uh it's too early i think to say that the season should be just rendered null and void i think uh obviously there's the uefa meeting on tuesday with 55 delegates uh of the sport or of the the organization are meeting uh via com- video conference to see uh you know I, I assume it's there that we'll get the official confirmation of your of the euros being postponed but then also there's uh what we do with all the individual domestic leagues and the european cups as well like uh, obviously there are teams who have qualified for the champs league quarterfinals uh you know the likes of Leip- orby leipzig the likes of atalanta uh you know what happens to them uh they've they've had a great season to get that far it's a historic achievement for especially atalanta uh to get there so it's just it's so bizarre obviously it would just be so harsh for it to be all right congratulations you got to the quarterfinal but that's it you know you're you're done you're out of luck here move on to next season yeah the i hear what you're saying in a lot of ways there is legal ramifications of things there's there's a kind of sportsman moral thing of uh, you know what what's the right thing to do regarding these sports teams regarding the efforts they put in regarding the monies they've spent regarding the, the you know the anguish they felt the joy they felt at different times of achievement this season but i find it very difficult to imagine that they're going to fully readjust to a march like a summer season and then try to get back to a to a more normalized season thereafter like i uh, the way the longer this is going on the more i see Originally, I thought them actually voiding a season would be a completely ridiculous, a ridiculous uh, suggestion. But as time has gone on, and you're looking at this, and the way, especially in the UK, where where things haven't really activated yet, like there has been no huge massive closures of uh, of public services, there has been no schools or university closures, there hasn't been no nightclub closures, no pub closures, no social event closures. They've just kind of got rid of the sporting events at this point. They're moving on to more, you know, basic social events. Cinemas have dropped off. That's only just started in the country of the Premier League. So they seem to be several weeks behind. And if Serie A are saying that they're they're not even going to contemplate coming back before the end of May, at this stage, two months out, I, I don't see it happening before the end of June at all. And I don't see them necessarily carrying it forward to next season, trying to play ten games in three weeks or whatever they're gonna, whatever the suggestions have been so far. I see them just either voiding the season entirely, and you just reset and everything goes back to the way it was at the beginning of this season, which is unfortunate to a lot of those clubs that you've mentioned there, and a lot of the achievements that have been made, and a lot of clubs would be unhappy with that, and they could go to the wall because financially can't sustain another season held at the same level that they're at. But the other side of it then would be to just say, okay, the season's done at 28 games or whatever they are. Poor Sheffield United, they've had this happen to them before. If you remember when they got relegated from the Premier League by West Ham when they had the financial irregularities and Tevez and Mascherano kept West Ham up at the expense of, of Sheffield United and they got paid a few million pounds for that. For that, uh, The same thing could happen with their Champions League hopes and uh, Manchester United will have to give them compensation or something down the line or... There, there could be some, you know, deal struck there as well, um. But I don't. I think that's either you void it entirely, or you do the thing where you have a twenty-two team league award, the league title to Liverpool. You don't relegate anybody, 
and you basically lock the league as is as if it's the end of the season Manchester United finish fifth uh, they get the Champions League spot presuming that Man City are ejected from at least the Champions League and Chelsea United end up in the Europa League and probably get some former compensator from Manchester United similar to the, the West Ham ordeal years ago now I don't necessarily think it's fair but I, I can't see a more viable or feasible workaround at this point other than having like a mini like I for one would love some of the wilder uh, kind of suggestions that have before like the having a playoff league structure where you just come whenever the season returns say it's in June or something like that and you just have a playoff tournament between the, the teams that are in the Premier League uh, like and just have a cup games to the side like first place is fairly set we can give Liverpool the league title they're 25 odd points ahead aren't they so I don't think anyone's really going to they, they only need to win it was two more matches they needed to win to guarantee mathematically that they'd won the league so uh, you know it was a, I, I think they fairly had it in the bag but the rest of the places maybe have a, a, a second to fifth or second to eighth or something like that little 16 playoff tournament and whoever wins that or whoever finishes the top of those two piles gets the Champions League places I'd love that for, for a start and you could do the same at the bottom of the table between the bottom eight sides for relegation I think it would it would really with the exception of Norwich obviously but everybody else you, it would really kind of jam up the or gear up the um, the hype for the league and I think Sky would make a lot of money back in the, and I think consumers would be a lot happier with their summer offerings from Sky as well if they don't get any refunds or any kind of reduction in rates in the interim period what do you think? Yeah like uh, that was the other thing I was going to mention as well like, I quite like that idea Like, I'll, uh, firstly I think Finishing the league as it is should be the number one priority. I think if they can figure a way to do that, they should. But uh, I would much, much rather see them go to a, a weird kind of playoff system than just rendering it all null and void. Like, I like the idea of just, okay, Liverpool, you've earned that title, you have it. And then second down to eighth, maybe. Uh, maybe look at how close it is. I can't quite remember. Uh, and say, okay, we're going to put you into like two groups or something. And then the top four out of those two groups get out of it or something something mm. strange anyway that involves like obviously the fairest way to decide a league position is generally you all play each other twice home and away and then you know you accumulate points and the, you know the way we've done it for years but another fair way to do it is or to figure out who the better team is is to just have the teams play each other uh so i think that makes sense i think in that scenario you'd maybe only get to relegate two teams as opposed to three just because relegating three in a playoff would be kind of strange, in mm. at least the way I think of doing it. Um, although maybe if you were to just make it a straight league title out of the or a straight league out of the bottom six teams or something, and the bottom three go through or bottom three go down or whatever, yeah, uh, that that would be strange. Uh, but then there'd be no playoffs in the championship. Obviously, it would just be the top two go through, and then you'd maybe actually you'd maybe do a playoff of the top four teams in the championship or something to see the two. Tr- top two are because uh, if I'm not mistaken Fulham who are in third still have to play both Leeds and West Brom so you know they still are within if the league was still going as it was you'd still have them within a shout of getting automatically promoted so I think they deserve a chance to try to earn that if it, if it comes to it um, so yeah I do obviously I think it will be different depending on the country like say in Italy you can't just award Juve that title because it's only one point between them and Lazio and they still were set to play each other in the league, so the league was still technically in Lazio's hands uh, if they were to go on and literally win every game left in the season. Mm. Uh, so I think 
I think under the under UEFA's jurisdiction, uh, this doesn't apply. So UEFA can't just give a blanket solution to everyone. I think it is up to individual leagues and FAs to decide how yeah. to award uh, various prizes in their leagues or not to award them, as the case may be in some countries. Because there was talk in, in the Bundesliga that the season would just be completely cancelled, yeah. um, which would be interesting. Uh, frankly, I'd suggest cancelling La Liga just because no one deserves to win that title the way those teams are playing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it is interesting to see how the different leagues kind of combat this situation and what, what leagues do with their domestic cups as well. Like, we still have the FA Cup uh, is going on at the moment. There's still the quarterfinal. Uh, I think I saw someone say that if uh, the FA Cup can't be finished, the title goes to the team that scored the most goals, which is Newcastle. Really? Which, is that how it works? Is there is there I, a contingency in place for it? I, I think so. I haven't I haven't done the research myself on this, but I, I it's just an excuse to give Newcastle a trophy. Yeah, which I'd at love this that, point to be I'm honest. all for. <laughs> the first time since nineteen sixty nine or sixty eight when the Ferris Cup yeah, was done. Newcastle deserve uh <laughs> deserve a break after all this. Yeah. Uh, um that was one thing, time. um I think it was a is an old story, but it could be ap- apocryphal, but between Newcastle and Liverpool and went to multiple replays and then they ended up zipping a coin to decide who would win the the match. Uh, like, we could do that, a massive coin flipping exercise <laughs> that could just decide well, ties. They could. Have you seen um, Have you seen on social media the Southampton Twitter account challenged Norwich to a game of X's and O's? Yes, and I did. Norwich did not reply, but Manchester City did. Yeah. And of course, it ended up a draw, like most X's and games of X's and O's. But I think that should be legally binding, award both teams a point. Yes. Like, that's how it should be. Stoke uh, had a game of Connect 4 with Sparta Moscow, I think. You know, it's bizarre, the winner yeah. of that gets three points. Like, it's just, that's legally binding. That's yeah. the way I see it. I don't care that they're not in the same league. Winner gets three and points. The Russian Premier League is still running as well, strangely enough. Yeah, that's true. And so is the Turkish League. I think I saw um, Demba scoring a goal over the weekend. So that's quite strange that some leagues are just persisting, even though it seems completely illogical. Uh, and then there, of course, is just the factor of, well, like, football's kind of at the mercy of each individual government and what they decide to do, which is why. Uh, it was so bizarre on Thursday evening uh, at like 9 o'clock the Premier League released a statement saying well the government haven't advised us to shut down so we're still going on and then not even an hour later Mikel Arteta announced that or it was announced that Mikel Arteta tested positive for Mm -hmm. the coronavirus and obviously that had to that caused everything to be shut down and that came only because a manager of one of the clubs got infected. Like, it, yeah. it was all systems go, which is really bizarre to think about. And it was quite surreal on Saturday to think that these games came so close to going ahead. And as you mentioned, the Liverpool Atletico Madrid match that almost certainly should not have gone ahead the way it did, if at all. Uh, it was quite surreal watching that. It was it, like, as entertaining as the match was and as tense as the game was, uh, as a spectator to watch. It was it, there was a little part of my mind just going this shouldn't be on at all and it was quite strange like as well even watching the PSG Dortmund match and the scenes after the match there with um I think it was Kurzawa went into a huge crowd of fans to celebrate and I was just like how irresponsible is this like this it's clear that this should not be going on. Uh, even at this stage and it, it was just kind of strange and at the end of the day while football is 
uh, important to us all. You know, we all love football. It is a great way to get to, to kind of enjoy ourselves, relax. Uh, at the end of the day, it is not the most important thing in the world. There, there are more important things at stake here, and it just it seemed bizarre that there were matches going on as recently. Like it was, it was weird watching the Man United match on Thursday and the Wolves match. Uh, later that evening knowing that pretty much everything had been cancelled at that point mm. like I spent a lot of Thursday morning being like wow that's cancelled that's cancelled that's cancelled and then it got to 6 o'clock and I was like oh yeah my United are playing now that's kind of strange that this didn't get cancelled yeah uh, so and I think the my United players actually got tested at half time which again is just another layer of weirdness on top of all this uh, no one tested positive as far as I know but still uh, it's just a, a strange strange feeling like it, it it's interesting as well for Man United because obviously they sit in fifth um they had a match against Tottenham on Sunday they have that game in hand on or Sheffield United have that game in hand on them so they, they sit in a weird uh position at the moment because as uh, when it comes down to any decision being made on on what the Premier League do next it will need 14 votes to pass uh it needs a super majority as it does on everything the Premier League votes on so uh, obviously everyone has already started to kind of second guess how some teams would vote. Obviously we know how West Ham would vote. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I have a fair idea how Jose Mourinho would want Tottenham to vote. Um, and then obviously then on the other side you have Liverpool who would obviously want it to keep going. And I just wonder where my United would sit on that because uh, Liverpool obviously are their great rivals who haven't won a league title in 30 years now would, would they set aside that and maybe say oh no we've got a Champions League football here and a Europa League and a and an FA Cup we're going to set aside our differences and we're both going to steam ahead or would they immediately forget all the glory and put it, put the glory aside for supreme pettiness I would imagine it would be the former that they would because they would get the Champions League place out of it most likely which is something they wouldn't get otherwise. I think the, it, it's business at the end of the day, and I think that money and the importance for, like, say, the Adidas kit deal to Manchester United would require them to get Champions League football somehow this season. And uh, if that means Liverpool winning the league title, I think they take it. Like overall, I think, like I think they'll come to some kind of conclusion uh, that will benefit the Premier League because that's who they want to look after. Like the, there's one interesting kind of loose thread that i'd like to talk about regards all this in that uh the broadcasters the primary income providers of the premier league clubs have not really done anything to uh, you know reduce the fees of their their paying customers their pubs the, the the normal people on the street who pay for sky bt and whatever other satellite provider you may use NBC, for instance, in, in, in the United States or, uh, you know, things like Bleacher Report or European uh, Football and ESPN. All of these services are without content, yet they charge enormous fees and they've yet to comment on how that's going to be reduced or if it even is going to be reduced. BT did announce that they will continue to charge people the same amount, which I thought was quite interesting and slightly ridiculous. Uh, like it is, it is an interesting point you're bringing up that the fact that you know broadcasters are without content, but they're still uh, yet to really make a decision on how they charge people. Mm. Um, and yeah there's a, there's a lot to be said about the broadcasting money because obviously like there's clubs out there like Bournemouth who uh, 84% of their revenue is based on uh, their uh, their TV money basically mm. uh, so it's going to be interesting to see because like the way it's split in, in the Premier League it's it's split 50% for uh, I can't quite remember how it is but split, split 50, 25, 25 so 25 is based on uh, where you finish in the league title or league yeah. rate or 
in the league. Uh, then I think 50% they're guaranteed and then 25% is based on the amount of times they appear on TV. Yeah. Or, but it, uh, it doesn't know. vary dr- dramatically between the the top-ranked club that for money and the bottom-ranked club for money. It is like several hundred million pounds they receive every season. Yeah, like the team that finishes last is still guaranteed a, a huge sum of money. But it's yeah. interesting to know that because we've only got two-thirds of the way through the season, do they only get two-thirds of that money? Or do they get that money at all? Or Oh, no, do, I'd say they like, get that. That money's already been paid, effectively. It's, that's not the that's not the issue. What Like, I think the issue is... Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. You think that Sky renege on their next payment, I think that would upset the relationship. The The reason I really wanted to bring it up is because you think this will precipitate something different because, you know, we've been... There's been talk recently, just before the whole uh, coronavirus cancellation kind of drama had started, where there was talk of, you know, why don't the Premier League get into... For instance, the Premier League, it could be any football league, but why don't they get into streaming or providing their own television services. They already kind of do. They have their own television network that they pump out international, you know, to international markets, the Premier League feed. They have their own presenters. They have their own studio. They have their own experts, analysts, production staff. With with this going on, and Sky maybe not being... A, Sky, for instance, or BT, for instance, not being able to sustain their own business models without the content provided by the Premier League is a time for the Premier League to actually break away from Sky, from BT, and actually go out on their own and try and establish their own streaming service of live football, of live sport, and maybe make something a bit different from what Sky have offered at them and BT have offered to date, and to really do something different and use this opportunity when Sky are maybe weaker, maybe can't make those payments, to break the contract with them and actually do their own thing. It would be a huge risk, but I wonder given the flux and the unprecedented nature of what's happened to coronavirus, is it the time for big risks? Is it the time for big change? Is it the time for doing something different? Yeah, like that was a, a talking point, I think it was early February. So uh, it, it is it was kind of prescient that uh, they brought that up right before this happened. Um, so it, like I, I've kind of said this for a few, few years now that I, I'd like to see them try and move towards that model. Like uh, it could be a case of, they even sell uh, TV rights just at a lower rate uh, and that they're not exclusive. Uh, you know, they could have... I, I think they already do this to an extent that they have a TV side and a streaming side mm. and they just own the streaming side and sell it direct to consumer. Uh, so that would be... That, I think, it, it would have to start... Like, I don't think they could just immediately go, all right, we're ditching Sky and BT and we're moving straight to an online-only model. Uh, like, I think TV is still mm. important. I don't think they... Uh, like I, I don't see the point in them setting up their own TV channel either when they already have the existing uh, relationship with Sky and BT and they're getting so much money off Sky and BT. Well, um, the the reason I say it is because I think uh, Sky and BT, what did they pay the last round? Two billion pounds, and Sky Sports I think made revenue of three point six billion pounds. So there's a one point six billion pound difference there that the Premier League and Premier League clubs could be making. And I think that's the that's the primary driver. Plus, you wouldn't have all this uh, dependency on Sky and other similar broadcasters to to you know promote your product and to do all the best things for your product. You'd have your own. You would have complete control of your own destiny in that case. I know it is a risk doing that, and it is a hell of a lot more work to do that as well. But I, it, it could be something. 
you know, something different and something interesting. And given that there's, you know, very little else to talk about right now, it's an interesting talk to have. Yeah, it's certainly something that we could talk about. Uh, I, I, it's very interesting. Like, I think it will be the thing that defines the Premier League over the next decade of, you know, do they move to this streaming model or don't they? And the fact that they're already talking about it, even like in the periphery, is uh, is interesting. Like, mm-hmm. they have the new CEO at the moment of Richard Masters, I think is his name. So that that he's yet to negotiate uh, a full-blown domestic TV rights deal. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how he handles the situation now that he's the front man. Uh, well, he was heavily he involved previously. He, he was, exactly. He would have worked with Richard Scudamore, but Scudamore is seen as the, the kind of mastermind of that operation, the, the ultimate salesman, uh, if you were. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see kind of how masters handles it like what does he just kind of do as Goodmer's already been doing and try to extract the most value or does he try to do something different like i think they would take a financial hit the clubs if they were to go straight to consumer uh there would also be questions over like the summer months you know are people going to keep paying for the product those three months that there's no premier league football yeah, on yeah uh, that's three months where there's no guarantee of the same amount of money. Uh, the distribution model would have to be different as well. Like, what do they charge? Because, like, obviously it would be then competing with the likes of Netflix and Spotify and Amazon Prime Video and, yeah. and all those. So it wouldn't be competing with Sky itself, and it would it would have to compete with seven ninety nine, six ninety nine, nine ninety nine instead of fifty pounds a month, uh, which is in and around what Sky is here at the very least. So it would be it would be interesting to see like does it go fifteen euro fifteen pounds a month like that's you how many people are actually going to then pay for that and do people really trust going online like they need they need the infrastructure this is why I think they can't just ditch Sky and BT immediately is the fact that it they need people to trust them mm-hmm. first first and foremost and you know say they even just got a million subscribers in the first week which I think would be ambitious to to want that many. Uh, from the get-go, but if they say they got a million, would they have the infrastructure in place or would they be able to get the infrastructure in place so that they can actually host that uh, and it not be noticeable that it's streamed as opposed to being live on TV? Like, the quality is just that bit better on watching Sky. Like, generally, I prefer to watch live on TV, gen- even though it's what I don't do most of the time. Yeah. If I have the option, I'd rather watch it live on TV just because I know I'm watching the most up-to-date product. I know I'm watching clear crystal coverage there won't be any real issues with it like my if my internet goes down or something there won't be a problem it would take my electricity going down which is rarer uh i can i can count on my one hand how many times the electricity's gone in the house i'm living in at the moment so like it's it's much rarer uh so it would be interesting just like do they handle it? i think the i think the model to look at is oddly enough the wwe because they did this in 2014 they moved from their pay-per-view model i think it was 60 dollars for every pay-per-view and they would essentially do one one a month so 60 dollars a month basically to watch every uh main show that the wwe did and then they moved to the wwe network uh which is 9.99 a month or it was 9.99 a month i'm not sure what it is now uh which is a serious dip in the amount of revenue you get and at the time it launched pretty disastrously the the resources uh or the infrastructure rather just wasn't there to be able to handle it uh obviously it's six years later so you would imagine that companies have both learned and the technology has gotten better that it would be easier to handle it but like it took the wwe a few years to really kind of find their feet again vince mcmahon uh 
was no longer a billionaire there for a while. I know poor, uh, don't don't cry for him. Like you know, but uh, that was a, that showed the significant loss in revenue there because that kind of the Vince McMahon's self worth kind of defines how much the WWE is worth uh, due to the, just the way that that company works. Mm. So they they'd have to look at that model. I know the NFL as well uh, have a similar or are moving to a similar model or are looking to move to a similar model if they haven't already. Uh, not too sure the ins and outs of that as much as I am the WWE, uh, which might be uh, says more about me I think than anything else. Uh, like the it, it's taken four or five years for the WWE to kind of to get to do a, a place of normality of everyone being used to it. Like I remember at the time of the launch they had to sell the network a lot of like oh it's nine ninety nine you know this and that the network this and that it's nine ninety nine like this all that and the other like would the Premier League get to get that desperate as well. Um, so I think, like, I, like as I said, like I think this will define the Premier League for the next decade and, and how they move forward. It, like I, I've mentioned, of course, Bournemouth, eighty four percent of their revenue is, and and they're not alone in this. They 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 I think are just the most who rely on it. That's why I generally pick them. But like there are other clubs who rely on it just as much. Uh, would they vote for this? Would they like to see the revenues fall as significantly? Like that that could ruin the club. Like, yeah. It really, it really could. Like it's, it's might, it might yet be kind of um, an unknown, an undiscovered country, if you, if you will, an unknown future ahead. But it, it is something interesting. I think it's something we should be thinking about in this time of great flux and change. It's all we have to think about. Really, really. Like, uh, well, it, I was going to ask you, like, before we we close off this show, where do we go from here? What, what happens? Like, what's, what's the what's the grand plan like we're 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 like from my point of view the euros are cancelled now um international football is likely cancelled until the autumn i'd say at the earliest before we return to any kind of playoff qualification matches friendlies anything like that they're all gone because they'll be the first to be cut champions league i i i can't see the champions league going ahead given that we're halfway between ties in certain circumstances where it it just is unsustainable to compete to complete it, it this season. I think really realistically, so I think that's voided. Similar with the Europa League, uh, and then we're down to basically league and cup competitions. Cups we had a word about. I think they'll be cut at the first order. The only big, you know, the only major countries that consider the cups important are England and France. And as we said, it it's still a few rounds away from from the terminus there. So it just leaves league titles, and then you're at a case by case basis and. We've discussed some of the options happening, but like, what what do you think is the most likely to happen between now and the next time we speak to our listeners? Well, I think between now and say next week, we'll obviously know for sure that the Euros is gone. I can see the UEFA Nations League getting cut. I think that will be one of the first announcements. Yeah, uh, that that's gone. Uh, I know the draw for that just happened like last week. Yep, Mick McCarthy was there. Wales, we got Wales again. Wales again. I don't know. It was, it was Hungary and Finland. That's what it was. So yeah. I, I remember thinking, oh, interesting. Two t- teams we haven't played in ages. So yeah. uh, that's probably gone. Uh, and what's what's interesting about that going is that does impact the World Cup qualifying in in in, U- in UEFA. Uh, I think there's two spots available to for the World Cup based in, in the Nations League results. So if they cut that, where do they find those two extra places? Uh, yeah. so there's that to handle as well but I, I, I think the Nations League is the easiest thing to cut right now Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think we'll get a decision on the 
uh, European Cups. I think that's a, something UEFA will, will hold on to as long as they can. That that's their flagship event. Obviously, the Euros are their main flagship event, but we know that that can be moved uh, because it hasn't started yet. And you know, there's plenty of there's plenty of years on the calendar yet that it can fit into. Um, yeah. But I think in terms of the Champions League, it could be a case of you know I. I I was thinking about this actually. I just want to ask, like, how fair or unfair do you think just calling the remaining last sixteen ties would be? Because I don't think any of them were draws. I think all of them had a result. How unfair would it be to say Leon, you're through. You beat Juve one nil. Uh, Man City, you're through. You beat Thing two one. Bayern Munich, you won three nil. You're through. And well, actually, Barcelona and Napoli finished a draw. So that's that's something I guess that they would need to figure out but how unfair or fair do you think it would be to just call that and move on with one-legged quarterfinal ties from here on out I think it's uh relatively I think I, I I'd say it depends on how what what the circumstances are of, of the rest of the tournament if they somehow manage to play the rest of the Champions League tournament it would have to be over about a two-week period play it like an international tournament play it like the old you know basically uh the old European championships when you have just when it's just fairly over fairly quickly um so do you think it could be a case of just in the space of two weeks it's just bang 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 you're all in say france uh and you all have to just play quarterfinal here quarterfinal there semi-final there and we'll have a final in istanbul do you think it could be something like that i think you would go to istanbul and play three all the matches in a couple of days if that's possible, I and obviously following your on from your original thought that everyone that the the last sixteen ties would be called. There'd be one legged matches then for the quarterfinal, semi final, and obviously final. Play it over a few days and then you're done. But I I can't see a way for doing it. I know what you're saying. It's their big boy. It's their daddy of. Uh, it creates all the most of the revenue for the year, other than their international tournaments. And that it'd be a big loss for them this year, having not having Champions League and not having the Euros, because you'd imagine they'd, uh, you'd imagine they would just, uh, you know, fall off to nothingness, basically, uh, in terms of their revenue for this year. So it would be tough for them, but I, I think they'd have to do it. They'd have to make that call and just hope that next season will be a bumper Champions League campaign. Maybe you, they'll do the, you know, the 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 uh, rumoured reforms to the Champions League will happen a year earlier or something like that so they can add more teams to it so they can try and make more money out of it I don't know that could be a way around it as well uh, it is a very uncertain time I think for, for for that tournament in particular yeah like it is it is a weird place for us because like uh, and not just us as people who like to kind of analyse football but also us as just viewers because well on Saturday you took a nap on Saturday I kind of sat around my room uh didn't do very much like we're used to watching football we're used to having it uh there even on in the background as we go through our lives and we don't have our lives anymore yeah they've kind of been taken away from us you know i'm i'm in college at the moment and i'm i i had lectures this morning online that were kind of strange i'm coming to the end of my course you're you're working yourself you were working from home today I yeah believe. yeah so like we're not allowed outside really no. except for maybe the odd walk uh if weather permits which in ireland here it generally doesn't i think it's currently raining uh yeah it's, it's raining at the moment so i can't really go outside for a walk even though i kind of want to now if i do i would get wet um oh no so so yeah we wouldn't want that you don't want me to get a, the common cold as no, well no <laughs> so we still have to fight the elements uh other than the virus um so like we're used to football being a way for us to kind of fill our time 
really. Like, if we're not doing something else, we have football. Uh, and sometimes football is that something else. It is It is what we do on a weekend. We centre our, our lives around it sometimes. Like, if the Champions League is on, I know I tend to say, well, I can't do this because the big Champions League match on. Yeah. Or, or even we can't go out and play football. Like, we play football every Wednesdays, and who knows the next time we get to do that. Yeah. Um, so it, it is quite strange you just have to kind of fill the void somehow I'm watching TV shows at the moment so you know maybe next week we'll just do a TV show episode <laughs> or we'll just review TV shows um, like it is quite interesting for us as, as people who make content on football what we do now uh, you know we have to kind of come up with ideas if, if you have any ideas shout them out there uh, we might as well just talk through that now I guess <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. You know, learn, I enjoyed, learn a new um, skill. Uh, yeah, learning. I was tempted to download Duolingo. I imagine lots of people have uh, learned Italian or something. Uh, did you see, uh, we were talking about uh, Jonathan Wilson and Miguel Delaney were playing some video game. I couldn't figure out what it was. They are playing PES 2006. Is that what it was? Yeah. They, they, I think it was a PC version they managed to mod with all the classic teams. I'm surprised they actually went to the effort because it looks like they did of modding in um, all of the classic teams because it had like Madrid 13 to 16 in it. Mm. Um, and they played a weird like World Cup tournament of club teams, like classic club teams. Uh, so, you know, I'm glad to see some people are figuring out what to do with the with their lives. Uh, it is a bit weird for them as professional journalists. Uh, I do kind of wonder, like I saw the Football Writers Association are trying to work with the government in the UK to pay freelancers uh, and that's a whole other aspect of football uh that generally gets ignored the the football freelancer uh so I, I, credit to i think it's philippe Claire and someone else are kind of working on getting those people paid so they have money so that they can pay their bills and stuff mm. like it really goes to show like the huge impact this is having on our lives like it is it is really crazy really anytime i think about it it is it's, it's absolutely baffling to be honest uh, but I suppose we just kind of have to figure it out, move on it day by day, yeah. week by week, take month every, by month. Take every day as it comes, you know, at the end of the day, it's another three points. Yeah, uh, and he, uh, I did see a good joke actually on, uh, I think it was Jacob Steinberg on Twitter. There's a lot of good jokes on Twitter at the moment, uh, but he was quote retweeting someone who was talking about how they have to hold daily press conferences about the health updates. And he was like, oh, when will they give the sports journalists a, a day to kind of have their have their bit of work to do and he was, he was like coming up with funny jokes they could ask about the the press co- or ask in the press conference about the uh, health updates is like any knocks like you know how do you see the the move to the Premier League turning out and stuff like that yeah, yeah. funny stuff like that yeah. it was good uh, so we're scraping the barrel here people we're scraping the barrel we really are we should probably just wrap up the show we should it's been an uh, hour it has somehow been an hour so we'll be back next week with something i presume uh unless this has somehow deteriorated even further i was thinking of bringing back guest the player yes that could be something uh, from our first season of, of of shows we could bring that back uh i need to come up i was looking back through the old ones there were some good ones in there there was one of monchi uh which was quite entertaining i have to come up with some really weird ones for you have to come up with because i think you got most of them at the time yeah I think uh, Louis Saha was the only one you couldn't figure yeah, out. Yeah, Louis Saha was, was a baffling one. But there, there's yeah, more he, players he's now. There's been a lot more of good players. players. Yeah, there's been more footballers since, and they've, they've broadened out their scope. A lot of players are moving every season now, so there, there is a yeah, whole we'll new... Have to, 
We'll have to come up with some new fresh ones. We could start yeah. doing those massive quizzes that exist online. <laughs> Sporkle, we'll just yeah. do a Sporkle episode. We could try it, like. Uh, so look out for those in the coming weeks. Uh, and until then, stay safe, wash your hands, stay indoors, and uh, hopefully we'll be back again next week. So thank you for being here, Andrew. Thank you for having me there. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then don't forget you can tell family and friends about the show. Spread the word of the Total Football Takeover. You can also follow us on social media at the TF Pod on Twitter and Total Football Pod on Instagram. You can also be found on podcast services, including Spotify, by searching Total Football Podcast. The more the merrier. That's what we always say.